In association with castlab.co.uk, training excellence in developing your podcast. And we're always doing something else, wanting to be somewhere else, maybe wanting to be with someone else, but it's always something that is not there with you at the time. But what everyone seems to miss is whatever's going on right there in the moment. Everyone always talks about the moment, but do we really ever do that, live in the moment? Because there's too much to think about. Everyone's thinking about their work, their family, their hopes, their fears, and we just forget to pause. Hello and welcome to Come Chai With Me in Culture Vultures Pod Cafe. In this podcast, we'll be chatting about different lifestyle topics. So we thought, why don't we invite you into our pod cafe to listen in to our conversations. Looking forward to your company over a cup of garam chai. Our lives are filled with stimulation and distractions. Imagine if there is a way to slow things down for our mind to unwind and our body to let go of that stress. When do we ever find time to do nothing? I really mean nothing. And even if we do sit down to do nothing, our mind keeps going and wondering. But new research shows and it illustrates the huge benefits of meditation to help quieten our mind. So we decided, Kiki Manju and I, to give a go to meditate. And some of us have dived into a bit of meditation before, some of us are fairly new, but we will share our experiences of our 10-day experiment of meditation, which we did in our own homes in our own time. Hello, ladies. So how did we find it? We'll start off with Kiki, who was fairly new to the meditation. I'm definitely new. I think I've been to a couple of like odd sessions where it didn't really mean much to me because we were chanting and sitting in a so-called position that you're meant to be sitting in for meditation. And it didn't really do anything for me. So I just went away thinking, oh, well, this is not really my sort of scene. But then when Simi was saying, like, let's look into meditation a bit more. And I was just wondering, how is this going to start? Because I've kind of had negative experiences in the past. So I can't imagine myself sitting in that position <laughs> and meditating for like, Simi was saying 20 minutes and I was like, oh my God. But then when I put on the program Headspace, that's on Netflix, it was like, wow, well, this is something I can kind of do and it's not going to take that long. I felt relaxed. I mean, it helped that I was in lovely surroundings because I was on holiday in the calm countryside. But my mind did wonder when I was doing the technique. It doesn't matter if your mind wonders, because in the past, I always thought, right, you've got to control your mind. You can't let it wonder. But that's not really natural. So I felt this was quite good and it really helped me just refocus if your mind wanders, focus on your breath or whatever. So I just felt I did a lot more of that and I've got a lot more positive and I don't find it that daunting anymore. So bring it on. 
couple of years ago, I think I had the same kind of experience as Kiki. Sit in front of a candle and focus on the flame and sit like this and empty your mind. Uh, I thought that's not for me. But a couple of years ago, somebody introduced me, my sister actually, to 21 Days with Dr. Deepak Chopra. And I did that and I really fell in love with it. And I liked his voice and I would do it at bedtime. And I found that past few months, because I've been really busy moving house, I didn't really do anything because my whole routine was messed up. And I could see the difference in my equilibrium. You know, my emotions and feelings were all over the place. So I was trying to get back into the routines in me when, when you said, let's have a go and try and do meditation. So that was really good. There's different kinds of music I would put on. I really like birdsong. For some reason, it really calms me. Nighttime is good with guided meditation. You know, I can go to sleep and relax quite nicely. I like guided meditation because with somebody talking in a really soothing voice, it keeps you focused and prevents you creating sort of an attachment to any other thoughts that are coming into your head. And it's easier to keep coming back or saying a mantra like Dr. Chopra says. So you don't engage with things. And of course, it's not that easy. It is getting easier as I go along. I do have a really nice chair. If I want to sit up, I either lounge on the sofa, I can lie in bed. I can see the benefits already. Less distraction. And I think meditations to do with more with your mind than your body. I've even been doing it while I'm walking. So anytime I get in the day, it doesn't have to be a particular day, time. It's been a very positive experience for me and I'm going to carry on doing it. Prior to this experiment with you guys, I've actually joined this online group which is a meditation group, which is led by a lady. And she kind of taught me to focus on my breath. And it was a bit like guided meditation. So every time my mind wandered off, she kind of reminded us to bring it back on our breath. And that's how I think I started. It's getting better. I mean, sometimes I have good days and sometimes not so good. I do put some music in the background. So when I breathe in, I try to focus on my breath. Then I hold my breath for a few seconds. And then when I breathe out, I try to visualize some comforting thing. It could be, I don't know, sun or flower, or it could be a tranquil place that I've been to. So yeah, that's what I'm sort of trying to practice. And it has helped me focus my mind and not being distracted and other thoughts are not overwhelming me. So people who are new to meditation, I think Headspace started as an app, but now is a Netflix documentary sort of program. It just teaches you lots of different things. It's got beautiful animations. It's got short stories and it's got handy tips to help us on a journey to learn to meditate. And this app was developed by Andy and Richard, and I think it's a joint kind of venture but it sort of started with Andy, who had a series of sort of tragedies in his life. I think he was only 22 when he was standing outside a pub and a drunk driver plowed into a group of his friends and killed two of them. A few months later, I think his stepsister died and ex-girlfriend passed away during a surgery. So it was just a series of unfortunate events, really. Andy, obviously, he was devastated after all that. And he was, I think, doing sports science at the time, and he dropped out. To see a life change, he decided to travel to Himalayas to train as a Buddhist monk. And he ended up spending 10 years as a monk uh, involved uh, in meditation 
uh, and meditating sometimes for 16 hours a day. And he said meditation sort of helped him to come to terms with everything that had happened in his life. And he says, I'm just going to quote him, that meditation gave him a shift in perspective. It taught me to focus less on oneself and instead bring greater happiness to others. So Kiki Manju and I have been watching this series and taking some tips. And it has been, I would like to say, fairly enjoyable because it's done in a very simplistic way. And at the same time, it gives you good messages and good techniques. Exactly. Yeah, I started watching them and I am completely hooked. The first thing I have to say is Andy explains it so beautifully. The analogies he uses are really brilliant, very simple. I think that everybody would be able to understand and be able to relate to them. So the first episode that he does is all about focused attention and just focusing on your breathing. I mean, you know, these things have been around for thousands of years and it's only around because it works. The benefits are there for people who do them. To experience it, you have to do it. You can't just read about it or listen to other people talking about it. You have to actually do it. And he uses the analogy for the breathing. He says you're like on the roadside and watching the traffic go by and you just watch. You don't take part in anything. You don't do anything. You don't get up. So basically, he's saying just try and just relax and be in the moment. And if anything distracts you, bring yourself back again. And he also gives a little bit of scientific research in in each of his sessions. The heart rate came down, blood pressure came down, the brain's neuroplasticity was reconfiguring to other ways of reducing pain and depression. In the positive side, you're building more peace and calm, increasing happiness, feeling kinder towards other people as well. You just have to think about a happy place for yourself. And he said, it doesn't matter if the image is not very sharp or you can't quite hold on to it. Just hold on to the feeling of it. You know, you've got your monkey mind that you're thinking about 200 different things that are overwhelming you and you just have to learn to let go. And that's you're just practicing, focusing on that image, thinking about the feeling and just trying to let go of all the difficult stuff that's weighing you down. You're just relaxing and creating that kind of environment for yourself. And the analogy he uses this time is of blue sky, which is always there. But then there's dark clouds all the time that you can't see the blue sky. But you know it's there. So try and stay away from the dark clouds. Don't think about them too much. And try going back to thinking about just the blue sky. With science, they say eight weeks of practice will show you that your anxiety and stress levels go down. Your brain physiologically changes. Kiki, you watched the next episode, didn't you? You were going to talk about episode three. And it's called How to Fall in Love with Life. And that's an interesting question. And it asks the question, who or what do you appreciate most in your life right now? And we're always doing something else, wanting to be somewhere else, maybe wanting to be with someone else. But it's always something that is not there with you at the time. But what everyone seems to miss is whatever's going on right there in the moment. Everyone always talks about the moment. But do we really ever do that, live in the moment? Because there's too much to think about. 
everyone's thinking about their work, their family, their hopes, their fears, and we just forget to pause. I think you're absolutely right, because we went out for a meal with my husband yesterday, last night, and then we both were on like, okay, let's plan our next weekend break or whatever. And then we took our phones out and then we started looking at the flights. And then I was thinking, actually, that we are supposed to be in the moment now. But then the problem is when you're planning for the future, you're always thinking ahead. And that kind of ruins the the moment, isn't it? But this is what he's saying. He says you forget to pause and you forget to appreciate what it really means to be alive, basically. And you take for granted what we've already got right in front of us. Like you were just saying, you had your husband right in front of you and you're wondering what to do with him in the next few weeks. (laughs) But what I really found, because this episode was exploring gratitude like we said, how to fall in love with life again, which kind of doesn't really mean anything until you look deeper into it. It did really resonate with me. We've talked about gratitude in our past conversations, if you've been listening to the other podcasts. But I think this one, this episode really brought that home to me. He was talking about a guy who was really stressed. He was stressed with his life. But the thing is, he had everything. He had a good family, good job, money, friends. He had everything. He was asked, like, what do you really appreciate in your life? So the guy said he was feeling a bit guilty because instead of talking about his family and his friends, he said, do you know, when I get up in the morning and I have my first cup of coffee, that's what I really appreciate. And then when they talked about it a little bit deeper, it was basically he likes that time to himself getting the coffee ready, pouring whatever he needs to pour, sitting down and being in that quiet moment. And it's like a kind of a meditation, but you don't really think about that. So the stillness, the peacefulness, that was what he really appreciated. But we just think we need to have something big to appreciate, don't we? Oh, we should be so grateful that we've got this amazing job or this amazing house. And then we miss all the little moments that we have throughout the whole day. And I think I've noticed that with myself now, all the little moments I'm thinking more about. Andy was saying that you have to use like your thinking mind and think about the things that are going well for you in your life, your health, the people around you, the environment. I mean, I was on holiday this time, so the environment was amazing. I was in Yorkshire Dales, so all the fields and the hills, it was just like, wow, I can't really believe that I'm appreciating this. So, Because I've been there before and it was just like, okay, you drive around, it looks amazing. But this time I think, yes, I did appreciate it. So he was talking about just every morning when we wake up, just basically this is what the monks learn when they start, when they're novice monks and they go into the monastery. The first thing they learn is to wake up in the morning and just take a few seconds of appreciating the fact that you've actually woken up. You're alive. You've got some food. Where does it come from? You know, it only takes a few seconds, but just appreciate the people that are around you. The technique that he uses is called reflection. So basically, we are reflecting, tapping into what we appreciate in our lives. You're in a quiet space in your mind, and then you need to like 
think of a question that you drop to yourself. It can be any sort of question. I'm not going to tell you what mine was. But it's not about answering a question. It's just about observing what happens to us when we're thinking about the question, thinking how we feel. And when you're thinking about the question, he says, don't frame it in the first person, frame it in the second person and say things like, what do you think instead of, or what do I think? Because that means you're sort of giving your mind a bit more openness. You're not like, internalizing it and thinking of how to solve your own problems because it's not about solving your problems it's basically about appreciating human life i think he was saying more significantly that you just appreciate the moments from the whole day i do write a gratitude diary and i've been doing it for a while now but apart from that we will ignore nine good things but we'll focus on one critical thing we're hardest on ourselves. But sometimes we create stress from our own kind of thinking. Because stress comes from inside and the way we approach life, the way we kind of work with the mind. And if we work with our own mind in a sort of different way, we can change our own perspective. We can change how we feel internally. When you've actually thought about the worst that can happen, anything else that does is actually you think, okay, that's not so bad. I can deal with it. It's like, you know, you're in the car park and someone has taken the last car parking space. So rather than sort of start to swear or get really angry and agitated, just think from their point of view, just change your perspective. And that might just kind of calm you down and you know, you have not agitated yourself. So I think that is what we need to learn to actually be slightly less judgmental and, you know, give them a break and yourself a break. You know, I think that's what he's trying to teach. But anyway, I really like one technique he taught, which I am using at the minute when I'm trying to meditate. You know, when you're meditating and your mind wanders off and you get distracted by all these thoughts, he's called this the noting technique. And he says, you sort of note it down. Uh, not obviously literally on a piece of paper, but just note it down in your head and you pause and you identify the nature of the distraction. So say, oh yes, it was that feeling. Oh yes, it was that thinking. And having noted that, it's sort of sense of having almost sort of you dealt with it. It makes it easier to let go of that distraction and return to the object of your focus. And when it happens again, repeat. And I think that's what I'm trying from last couple of days and it does help. We will say to our listeners, please go ahead and watch the whole series, which we will be doing too. Okay, so in our guest segment today, we have Mindy, who has been leading meditation sessions and has been practicing meditation herself for a few years now. And she's going to share her personal story on how meditation had changed her life for the better. Welcome, Mindy, to Come Chai With Me. Well, we are talking about meditation today as the new exciting research and studies coming out every week illustrate huge benefits of meditation from improved concentration and focus to quietening your mind to reducing symptoms of depression improving learning and memory and reducing anxiety. It seems meditation is a magic answer to modern day problems. 
Studies have even shown that children taking meditation breaks in between the lessons can help their studies in school. So that's why we've decided to talk about meditation and possibly give some helpful hints or advice to our listeners who want to start getting into this practice. So I understand, Mindy, that you have been practicing meditation for a while and you run sessions for your friends and colleagues. Yes, I do. First of all, I just want to explain to you a simple terms what meditation is. It's basically a practice for calming your mind and your body. I think there's a lot of, oh, what is meditation? What is meditation? Okay, I'll give you a simple example. With meditation, what you're doing is you're doing your full breaths. So you're breathing in fully, breathing out fully. The scientific reason behind this is full breaths. So you're putting more oxygen into your body. So your blood flows better. Your muscles, your brain is getting more oxygen. So it improves circulation. So you're working better. That's basically the science behind meditation. I just thought I'd tell you that because I think everyone thinks, what is it? How is it helping? What do you think are the benefits of meditation? There's quite a lot of emotional benefits of meditation. It helps you build skills to manage your stress. So if you're breathing better, you know, if you get stressed out, you calm your body down, you think better, it increases your self-awareness. If you have a moment to just think, look, you know what, actually I'm okay. You know, I'm not in a bad place. It's like you're living in the moment. You're appreciating what you've got now. Not, oh, what am I going to have in the future? Or, oh God, what have I done in the past? So, you know, that's a big thing for everyone. Also reduces negative emotions. Like I said, example, you're angry at someone. It helps you to step back and think, okay, you know what? Is it actually worth me being angry over this little thing? How no, did so, you get into all of this? So when uh, I was in my 20s, I know I sound very young. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you so, look young too, Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> You're my new best friend. Um, so when I was in my 20s, um, my twin sister, she got really ill. And she was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So for those who don't know what that is, it's a bowel disease. And there's many causes of ulcerative colitis. Two of the main ones is diet and stress. And with her, it was stress. So what happened was she was like going to die. It was that bad. So what the doctor had said, oh, you know what? You need to control your stress. They advised her to do yoga, meditation. So this is where it all started for me. So I used to go with my sister every week, once or twice we used to go. So it would help her stress levels. But then what happened was I got married and, you know, you forget, you just stop practicing, you know, things change. And for years I didn't do it. And then what happened was I was diagnosed with the same thing years later. I think it was a very low point of my life where when I got diagnosed, fine, I kept on getting flare-ups and I didn't understand why. Why am I keep getting these flare-ups? Why am I always feeling stressed about little things? You know, like example, someone makes a comment or someone does something and I used to get really stressed about it. This one time I stayed in hospital for seven days and it was the worst point where I was in so much pain. I couldn't see my kids and I think that's when I saw the light, you know, when they say you need to change something, something's not right. Why am I repeatedly getting like this? Why am I thinking too much? Why am I feeling like this? This is when the nurse, it was my nurse that actually said, oh, you know what? You need to start doing meditation again. 
that was the turning point for me. And since I've done it, I'm not joking. Oh my God, it's changed me. Every day, I've become a better version of myself. So great to hear that, Mindy, that actually someone is saying that they've actually practiced it and they can see the benefits straight away. You said you used to practice and then you stopped and you started practicing again. First of all, what kind of meditation do you do? And secondly, if someone is starting out like myself or Manju, how long do you think we would have to do to see or feel the benefits of meditation? For a person, a beginner who hasn't done it before, the daily practice, I think 10 to 20 minutes, and you start seeing the results within maybe weeks and months depending how much you do it it also depends on how successful you are in doing it so if you are trying to concentrate for example that's what I'm struggling with it's quite difficult to focus on whatever you are focusing on whether that's a breath or whether that's a visualization of something sometimes I do 20 minutes and I feel oh actually I didn't do very well because my mind kept wondering you know so I've not succeeded I feel a slightly sort of feeling of failure that oh you know I've not done it well that's another thing with meditation you don't judge yourself you like you know how you said you've done a session and you think oh I haven't done well but you have because you actually sat there for 20 minutes with meditation it's not you forget everything that's happening to you things come back in your mind but what you have to do is you have to concentrate back on your breath So get back to your breath and then, okay, you start wondering again. You start thinking about, oh, I need to do the laundry. I need to cook a dinner. Then you bring your attention back to your breath. Never, ever think that you've failed. Yeah, we've been reading a lot about meditation. Is there a particular kind you do? Or I know it helps with different kinds of emotions, you know, anger, anxiety, stress. What other issues in everyday life do you think it can help with? I think mainly just general living, really, even your health, your lungs, your heart. I mean, life is stressful for everyone. How I always see everyone's got a journey and every person, they have a stress. Something I might react to, you might not react to it in that way. You might think, oh, that's nothing. Why is she getting stressed over it? Everyone's different. I do different types. One of them is mindfulness. So this is where I do the breath work. I just don't think about anything. Even if you do, again, you bring your breath back. You know, you're thinking back to your breath. I'll sit there and I'll just say 10 minutes. It could be five minutes. Just do your deep breathing. So you breathe in through your nose, count on four, hold your breath and breathe out for five and breathe that through your mouth. So what that does, it slows down your heart rate. It calms your body down. So example, you get upset about something or someone said something or, you know, you think, oh God, I've got a meeting. Same thing, just go in a quiet corner, give yourself five minutes, close your eyes and do your breathing. Try it, it works. So that's one. The second one I do is mantra meditation this is like affirmations you know the subconscious mind is very powerful whatever you tell your mind that's what you become if you say to yourself oh i'm happy i'm healthy i'm well i'm protected 
that is what you will be. If you say, I'm so rubbish at this, I'm not good at this, oh, I'm a horrible person, that is what you become. The affirmation, meditation, that helps for, like, you know how you were saying, if you get really angry or stressed, then you just think, okay, you know what, I'm calm, I'm happy. You just bring yourself, your awareness back to what you are, not with what's happening around you. Is it ever too late to start meditations if you've never done it? Now, when the science is telling us that it's got lots of benefits and they want to start, is it ever too late? To be honest, like when I go to my meditation classes or yoga classes, there are always older people that go there, like granddads, grandmas. I don't think so. I think anyone at any point in their life, they can practice meditation. There's not a stop to it. Nowadays, even babies, you put the meditation music for them to fall asleep. I don't think there's a limit. No way. It's like any other health thing, like starting to exercise. There is no age for it. You could be doing it from early on. Is there a good time to meditate? How long should it be? Is there a certain place that we should be sitting? Should it be the same place that we are sitting to meditate? Is there a certain position? Because when you look at the video, sometimes people are sitting in a certain way and they're holding their hands in a certain way. To be honest, for me, like when I do my nighttime meditation, obviously I'll be lying down. Yeah, flat on your back. And you don't cross your legs because you want the energy, your circulation to flow nicely. I'll lie down on my bed with my back down. And then I just close my eyes and then just do my breathing. If you're doing it during the day, you can do cross your legs and you always put your palms upwards because what you're doing is you're receiving the positive energy. Talking about the times, the best time is to do it in the morning and at night. Because I've got kids and I know everyone's life is so busy, they don't get a chance. So what my routine is, before I go to sleep, so I've looked at my phone, I've answered my emails, everything. That's the last point when I think, okay, I want to go to sleep now. I just listen to YouTube videos. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know, you just type it in relaxing meditation music. I put my music on for 10 minutes and no joke, within seconds, I'm knocked out. For me, that works. For you, it could be something else. You'll have the best sleep ever, trust me. Yeah. basically how I started was for my work colleagues it was a lot of you know well-being and all that going on at work and this is when I said oh you know what this helped me so much I want to help other people and I could see my colleagues like there was a lot of redundancies there was a lot of anxiety going on around at work so I said I want to help these people and I didn't even know them but I knew what's happening isn't it so then that's when I started doing team calls you know they have teams like zoom so I started doing it like that. Then now I do it with one of my friends. We have turns to do meditation sessions for each other every week. You have to be kind as well. Another thing with meditation, you realize who you really are and how much you can help others. With gratitude, you are always grateful for what you've got. Okay, fine. You have bad days. You have people that annoy you. You know, you have times that you think, oh my God, I'm never going to get through this. But you always bring yourself back to, oh my God, what have I got? I've got so much. One of the things I'm always grateful for, I know it's really silly, but my car, 
every time I sit in my car, I think, thank you, God, for giving me my car. Like the littlest thing you should be grateful for. I mean, you're grateful for your family, your friends. That's there. But I'm talking about little things. On the last note, I just wanted to say a quote that I learned from a philosopher called Charles Cooley. I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. What that means is in our life, we all always worry about what other people think about us. With meditation, you stop and you actually think, who am I? This quote really hit me when I read that. I was like, oh my God, it is so true. You're always worried about others thinking, but what about what you think about yourself? Now, that's great, Mindy. You've given us a lot of food for thought. We certainly kind of continue to practice some kind of meditation and hopefully get better at it. As you said, it's a practice and it will improve as we do more and more. So thank you for sharing your experiences. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Come try with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so bye ladies for this year as this is our last episode of this series and we look forward to seeing you next year with our brand new topics. In the meantime, our listeners, if you email us and give us some feedback or some suggestions for our possible topics or advice, we would be grateful. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us on Come Chai With Me. So it's bye from Simi. It's bye from me, Manjusha. And bye from me, Kiki. I've already got lots of ideas that people have been asking me to discuss next time. So see you soon. See bye. you soon. Bye. We look forward to seeing you for another kappa, for another conversation, for another lifestyle topic. Follow us on Instagram at Come Chai With Me. In association with castlab.co.uk, training excellence in developing your podcast.